0: god welcome to shaken and disturbed everyone it feels so good to be back i am darren carp here with you at the mic wicka 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 with mama bear j j t bone thrasher that's one
1: yeah that's one thing that's okay i like i like your reaction
0: to it and you were just like oh Oh. Uh, yeah and daddy cat Mm
1: -hmm. i'm here are you here like how are you the here? Are you in Portugal? In yeah, you're
0: in the United I'm States. I'm actually in the United States. I am back for my whirlwind vacation. Yay. To hear all about it, you're going to have to listen to NMR. Um, and there was a lot going on. But uh, I'm just excited to get back into this week's case because so much has been happening. And mm-hmm. I have to watch that Lori Vallow doc on Netflix. We have the Adnan news. Is there which, a new one? Yeah, there's a new Lori Valenbach that just dropped on Netflix. I know. I think maybe we should talk about it. I think we we should should maybe do an episode. Yeah, we should. Um, And, uh, you know, I watched this footage the other day of this woman. And we're going to get right into the case because I know we have to get to it. But I saw, (laughs) first off, this woman drowned her three children in the ocean. I saw that. She was arrested for murder. Then another woman, I don't know if this was in Tennessee. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's like it's like footage on a, on a video cam, like CCTV essentially, mm. uh, at this parking lot of a Kroger. And the headline was like, girlfriend drives boyfriend to Kroger. Boyfriend goes into Kroger. He leaves his phone and I guess she's looking at his phone and she finds some nefarious text messages. He comes out of Kroger waiting for her. What? She takes the car and runs <sighs> him over and runs a pedestrian over killing him and then beats the shit out of him. Gets out of the car and like beats the shit out of him. And I was watching <sighs> this footage today and I was just like,
1: I couldn't watch that.
0: Dude, like, oh, my God. It was, like, and, 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 you know, Instagram had basically, like, you know how, like, when something is deemed, like, not suitable for work, you have to, like, tap on it to see the video. It doesn't automatically play. I never tap. It was, it was... um, Disturbing? It was disturbing. It was honestly disturbing, so... I'm happy to be back in the United States getting to talk <laughs> yeah, in a well, safe place back. with you about yeah. these fucking terrible things. Yeah. But uh, I definitely want to get right back into it because I know that we need to uh, get to the case. But what are you drinking?
1: Darren, I just cracked open a LaCroix. I know we should be celebrating your return to the mic, your home microphone. And by the way, we are feeding you children. Um, we just recorded and it's now available um, a 42-minute NMR episode. So don't yeah. tell us. We don't care, okay? Because we I, our
0: NMRs are longer than our actual cases, <laughs> which is always funny because like we, we just always have so much to say. I know it's, it's
1: like, true. I we um, talk every
0: day, but we you
1: know. We really we just, do. We're talkers. You and I have the gift of gab, I think, if you will. Yeah. Um, I cracked open a little Croy. I'm taking it easy this week, but next week we have to get back to that espresso martini idea that we've been talking about. We had a couple of Finally, delays. Finally with Java
0: House. We have with Java to do House.
1: It. We love them. Yeah. So next week, if you guys want to listen along, we'll have um uh, I actually checked martini. to make
0: sure you didn't drink all of the ones when you were staying at my apartment and you, <laughs> you left some for me, so thank you. Because Wait a minute. You've...
1: We talk about no, this on NMR, God. but have were you just like going around like making sure I didn't use too much product? Is that what was Well, happening? when I
0: walked in and it was a disaster in my apartment of just like your underwear hanging everywhere, oh, the sheets messed God. up, and I mean, it was just like I needed to check. I just oh, needed to check. You know, ridiculous. I just didn't trust you. I didn't trust you. Listen
1: okay, to so. NMR if you want to know what we're talking about. What are you drinking though? Or do you Are you back to your old habits over there?
0: Um, I can't go back to my old habits yet Because I will literally fall asleep Because I'm so jet lagged still That if I have a drink I'm going to fall asleep So the Java House Espresso Martini Would have been great today Mm, Uh, I'm going to have We're going to have it next week for sure I'm very excited about that Uh, I've been looking forward to it So it's going to be good Oh by the way Little aside New Survivor starts next week
1: Oh my god We're already on to another season I I just mentally recovered from last time No it was good
0: it was okay, a lot well, of get, time committed. Get in it. Okay, get miss in it.
1: five hours of a Marvel show that you never Just, talked about <laughs> again to anybody else.
0: Get in it. Get, get in, in it. Get in. Get, get it. in it. All right. Um, let's get into it,
1: though. Speaking of which, let's get right into to this week's episode. So we're going to talk about someone named Bonita Jax. She was born in 1974. Her parents enrolled her in the Maryland public school system. However, she dropped out uh, of school before graduation. Darren, I am how, a,
0: how good could a Maryland public school kid be? I, I mean, already, she's, she's, she's low. I she's, think you she's might on the be bottom. right, because I yeah. am
1: a product of the Maryland public school system. I'm going to be
0: honest. Nothing good can happen from this. <laughs> um, in
1: 1991, Benita gave birth to her first daughter, Brittany, at the age of 17, 1997, she gave birth to Tatiana, her second daughter. And in 2000, Benita was working as a hairdresser when she met a man named Nathaniel Fogel. The two began a relationship. In 2001 and 2002, the couple had two more daughters together. Nikaya. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I
0: think it's Nakia. Nakia, okay. Yep.
1: And Aja. Um, which, beautiful names, by the way. Around, really beautiful. Around 2005, Nathaniel and Benita fell on hard times financially, however, and were no longer able to stay living in their home, which is a, an unfortunate reality for so many people. Benita lived with her mother, Ma- Mammy, for a while. Um, but that living situation was unsustainable. While Mammy seemed happy to let her daughter and granddaughter stay in her home, she refused to house Nathaniel. So... Clearly No a little... dicks
0: in that house. No dicks in
1: that house. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Clearly, some issues, maybe with, you know, between like the the grandmother and the husband or the boyfriend, whatever. But instead of splitting up, Benita and Nathaniel chose to stay together, although it meant choosing suboptimal living situation. So basically, right. you know, I think probably it sounds like Benita was like, Thank you, mom, for letting us stay. But, you know, she was trying to keep her family together in one house. Right. And, you know, the grandmother has every right, by the way, to say who can come in and come out of the house. It's her house well, in December of two thousand and five, the family applied for housing assistance and moved into a homeless shelter in washington d c where they lived for several months while they waited for housing aid now that listen that's a tough position to be in anyway, but to do it with what sounds like you know four children i mean that's that has to be a lot you know that that can't be the most comfortable of situations. But at the same time, they submitted applications for Medicaid and food stamps. They moved out in April of 2006, reporting that they plan to stay with family or friends. So at this point, maybe things are starting to look up a little bit. You know, they've been staying in the shelter for a few months, whatever. Maybe things are looking up. But, Darren, maybe not so much.
0: Maybe not so much. We'll see how this uh, plays out. In 2006, Nathaniel was diagnosed with leukemia, unfortunately, and began treatment with his Medicaid coverage. He began treatment in July of that year, at which time – the family was reportedly living in a van. I I, I can't imagine how hard that is. Like oh my I just God. I, I I I don't even want to imagine. And the doctors who treated Nathaniel documented that both he and Benita were substance abusers at the time of this treatment. And in August of two thousand six, a nonprofit organization helped Benita and Nathaniel and their daughters move into low income housing while Nathaniel continued treatment. So having a more stable house environment probably helped a little bit. Yeah. In November of that year, Benita failed to recertify her food stamps application by filling out some forms and was automatically terminated from the program. Mm. And I, I often wonder, like, how much easier we could make it for people yeah. to recertify for these things or if there was some sort of organization. Maybe there is or how complicated it is. I just imagine it's probably requires resources to do these things. It's not just a matter of clicking a box i I just you know in february of 2007 nathaniel unfortunately passed away in a hospice in maryland and nathaniel's death seemed a pretty major turning point for the family of course i mean how could it kind of not be yeah right while he was alive benita was described by those around her as a caring mother in spite of her circumstances after her partner nathaniel passed however something in benita seemed to break she began increasingly to isolate herself and her daughters as she simultaneously seemed to neglect their care. Mm. One of the family's neighbors would later speak out about this time, recalling that before Nathaniel's death, the girls were always clean and neat, with their hair always done. But in March of 2007, the neighbor offered to bring the girls out to eat at McDonald's with their own children, and at this time, she noticed that Benita's children were distinctly dirty, wearing white t-shirts and rags on their heads. Oh, dear. This is obviously a sign of you know, neglect. Something is happening. There's some sort of mental breaking point, I think, that's occurring here.
1: Definitely. Like a deterioration of what would typically be normal habits within a family household. Someone's
0: death, obviously, a turning point in this. And after Nathaniel's death, his mother attempted to stop by and visit her grandchildren. But Benita refused to allow her into their home and even stopped returning her calls. And around this time, also, Brittany herself completely stopped taking calls and messages from her boyfriend and went dark on her social media accounts. So this is just... A dark thing in general
1: yeah and I mean like you were just kind of touching on when you lose somebody especially you know the only male of the household that's probably very jarring for you know a woman and her four children you know like or her four daughters in particular I mean well in April a social worker named Kathleen Lopez called in a case of educational neglect to the state after 17 year old Brittany missed over a month of school Social workers attempted to check in on the kids, but Benita refused to let them in. The social worker contacted the Maryland Police Department to alert authorities of the potential neglect, reporting that Benita seemed to have mental health issues, which, right, we didn't even touch on that. Aside from losing your partner and the father of your children, there may have some, you know, serious mental health side effects to that. Um, And she may have even been intentionally preventing her eldest daughter, Brittany, from attending school. A police officer visited the home, noting that the children appeared to be healthy and doing well. When the officer asked about why the children were not in school, Benita told him that she had recently chosen to begin homeschooling her girls, something completely within her rights to do. I would imagine that there were there would have to be some kind of notification to the school that, like, by the way, she's suddenly not going to be here anymore.
0: I would think so I would I'm not imagine a parent yeah. dealing with school so I don't know what the obligation is but I would think so Yeah
1: yeah Well Benita also informed the officer that he was not welcome into the home without a warrant which is Well that's true her yeah which is her right while he was unable to while he was unable to enter the home he did note seeing school books around the apartment so maybe just from within his eye you know his vision uh, right. What he could see, he was noticing, you know, what seemed to be books. The officer informed Benita of the proper procedures for enrolling her children into a homeschool curriculum. Thank you, officer. And left uh, left the scene. Um, the social worker followed up on Benita's children, looking specifically into the state's homeschool policy. He learned that. Um, I think it might be she. She learned that Washington D.C. actually had no laws governing homeschooling. All a parent needed to do was request a form from their school and begin teaching their children however they saw fit. Right. Now that that's dangerous to me because, I I mean in this particular case I'm I'm talking about specifically you know given that we're kind of picking up now the neighbors are noticing some things are are not what they typically would be. You know, Brittany has sort of disappeared for a month, which is probably weird, and she's not posting on social media, which of course... But right
0: now, what we know, it's still within her right That's
1: to. true. Yeah, it's true.
0: It's not, as right now, of right. what we know, there's nothing nefarious. Necessary. She's not doing anything that seems... Overly harmful to the kid as of up until this point of the story of just taking them out and homeschooling them. I think a lot of parents actually probably did that in the pandemic, seeing all the fuck up shit that was going on in schools with the masks and the isolation and this and that. So I don't necessarily want to um, condone that. Obviously, this is going to get into something bad. But up until this point of what we know, she's being a parent.
1: Yeah, that's fair. And she's well within her rights, like you said. Well, in May of 2007, Benita's behavior became even a little more stranger. Neighbors noticed that she started losing a great deal of weight. And when mm. those around her asked about it, Benita actually informed them that she had cancer. Oh. Around this time, Benita, Benita also began moving the furniture from inside of her home into the backyard. Now, that's very that's, suspicious. That's
0: in, yeah, that's a little sussy.
1: Sussy. During the spring and early summer, Kathleen, the social worker, followed up with the family several more times, but was repeatedly denied entry into the home and had no recourse. Now, we should talk briefly about letting social workers into your home. Um, Again, this is well within her right. She does not have to let anyone who doesn't have a literal legal warrant into her home. But you do have to think with all of what we know now about some of this behavior and the fact that you know, the social worker just wants to make sure everything's okay and she's not really able to, you know, if I'm on the outside looking in, I'm finding a lot of this sussy and maybe even building to something that seems maybe even more tragic. Yes,
0: but on the parent side also, like – I feel like as a social worker, sometimes coming into a kid's home, like a parent must already feel guilty, you know, and they probably already feel like they're put up against the wall. So I could also see them not wanting to deal with that because it doesn't (laughs) seem like any upside either. So I sort of see two arguments to this here.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Well, during uh, the summer of 2007, neighbors began to notice an odd smell coming from Benita's home. Some guessed that the odor may have come from dead rats, but none seemed to ask her about it directly. Eventually, Benita even stopped paying her rent. You know, again, we're seeing it's not overly obvious, but we're seeing little by little some deterioration of typical habits here within the household. And in January of 2008, federal marshals actually arrived at her home in an attempt to evict her.
0: God. God. Yeah. Well, the marshals immediately realize something is wrong when Benita answers the door wearing nothing but a white T-shirt. At the oh same dear. time, they're immediately struck by the smell inside the home, which they describe, they kind of compare it to rotting meat, spoiled uh. food, you know, other people thought it was rats. It kind of makes sense, like a little bit of a garbagey type of smell. Right. And Benita tried to stall the officers from entering her home by insisting on seeing their paperwork repeatedly. It's interesting how much she knows about her rights. I'm almost kind of... Pleased yeah, to see true. that she knows a lot about the rights, because I think a lot of citizens uh, with a lot less resources than her probably don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, sorry, more resources than her don't even know their rights, so this is kind of nice to at least see this. But, yeah, you know, once the Marshals were inside, Benita did her best to attempt to block their block their way upstairs to the bedrooms. This is, I think you kind of know where this is going. Yeah, the Marshals were able to conduct a thorough search of the home and in an upstairs bedroom find the bodies of Bidding three younger daughters, 11-year-old Tatiana, 6-year-old Nakia, and 5-year-old Aja. Each of the girls was dressed in a white T-shirt and their bodies were lined up from oldest to youngest. This feels a little religious spiritual, like... Some sort of like culty, just like ritual behavior. Seventeen year old Britney's skeletonized body was found in a Mm. different bedroom, laying naked in a pool of her own blood. A white t shirt draped over her body. Next to her body was a knife. And the medical examiners who were called in to investigate the girl's bodies determined that Britney's cause of death was likely exsanguation due to being stabbed repeatedly, loss of blood, essentially. However, they were unable to say for certain as her body was in such late stage decomposition. And none of the stab wounds were near her vital organs. So this obviously explains not Mm. only the smell in the house, but her going off social media. And it appeared to detectives that Brittany had likely been held captive in the room where she died. The windows were covered in bedsheets and the door to the bedroom was locked from the outside. Investigators found urine and feces inside the bedroom closet. And the medical examiners concluded that the three younger children had likely died of strangulation, although they two all suffered from multiple stab wounds. Mm. And like, like Brittany, all three of their bodies were in advanced stages of decomposition. So the medical examiners were unable to say for certain whether those injuries were ultimately the ones that proved fatal. It right. was just kind of too hard. And just goes to show how long those bodies had been sitting there for that to be the state. That they were in. right They also concluded that Britney almost certainly died prior to the three younger girls.
1: Yeah, and on that note, it just, you know, when you explain the door being locked, I just had this vision of like, yeah, from the outside, like, I feel like maybe something happened to Britney in there, and then, you know, Benita, like, <laughs> locked or whomever, we'll get to that in a second, locked yeah. the door from the outside so nobody, including the children, could go in, which is just such a disturbing detail. Well, as you might expect, Benita was brought in for questioning, which la- with, which lasted, excuse me, roughly eight hours. At this time, she informed police that she had kept Brittany in a room because she was possessed by a Jezebel demon and okay. didn't want her to negatively influence her sisters. In fact, Benita believed all four of her daughters were possessed by demons. Britney's mm. was simply the strongest and most difficult to control, so she had to be locked up separately. And I'm just thinking, you know, Britney is the oldest. She was 17. You know, she was hormonal. She was very likely into boys and into whatever Or she just
0: had the most autonomy. You know, yeah, she right. was older, so maybe Benita was scared that she was going to go out. And, you know, clearly there's mental illness going on here.
1: Right. To very, least. very much so. Benita had found a solution, though. She was able to keep the demons in check by keeping her daughters weak, which she did by withholding food and water from them. Now, this is all, by the way, within the the questioning, the interrogation. As time went on, Brittany became increasingly belligerent and took to pounding on the wall, screaming, I know what's going on and I know what you're doing. I'm going to get you, end quote. According to Benita, this went on until one morning she found Brittany laying on her bed back on the floor with her mouth open she didn't go into oh. the room to check on her daughter and just kept her locked in the room which is very disturbing sure yeah, why not sure nothing why to do not? there right
0: nothing to do there yep
1: yeah she went on to state that all of her other daughters had died in their sleep within a 10-day period and that she totally. had tried to totally. revive each one of them with no success
0: with a knife like stabbing them or no i think confused yeah, right. by that yeah but okay
1: um, as they died, she placed them side by side in the upstairs bedroom where they perished. Well, investigators were able to corroborate Benita's story and confirm that she had withheld food and food from them for a substantial amount of time. However, they became increasingly frustrated as Benita refused to disclose how exactly the children were killed. Remember, I think for these three, Darren, it was strangulation, whereas right. Brittany was the was I'm sorry. Or that's what right. What they think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So police began trying to piece together a timeline of what may have happened to the children. They believe that Benita began isolating the children around April of 2007, around the same time Brittany stopped communicating with the outside world. Remember, she was not going to school. Her social media went dark. No, there was no trace of her, really. As they interviewed friends and neighbors of the family, they uncovered a recurring narrative where the people nearby saw all four girls around, this, around at the beginning of summer then three, then two, and then only one. Yeah.
0: So the last known occurrence of anyone seeing any of the Jax girls alive was in June of 2007 when Tawana Richardson, a neighbor and friend who delivered social security checks to Benita, saw the two youngest daughters in the apartment during one of her bimonthly visits. Now, she recalled that on that occasion – she hadn't seen Brittany for at least several months, and Benita was charged with 12 separate crimes, including Brittany's premeditated first-degree murder, four counts of felony murders, and four counts of cruelty to children. Benita's trial began in July of 2009, where she chose to reject the insanity defense that her legal team urged her to take, choosing instead to plead not guilty on all charges, which... I can't understand what's going on in the mind of someone who's doing this. But at the same time, especially when your legal defense is giving someone anything clear, it's mental illness. But at the same time, we don't really know how this is manifesting. We don't really know.
1: Yeah, we don't know if it's insanity specifically, you know, like it's mental illness. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: she did, however, waive her right to a jury trial, opting instead for a bench trial where D.C. court judge Frederick Weisberg would be the sole decider on the case. And, you know, there are advantages for taking a jury and there's advantages for taking a judge. I'm sure she talked about this with her lawyers and that's what they ended up deciding. Well, the sitting judge found 34-year-old Bonita guilty of all charges except for the premeditated first-degree murder of Brittany. Uh, which I'm curious to see what went into his statement there. Maybe there yeah. wasn't enough to prove that because of the right. um, decomposition. But they senti- he sentenced her to 120 years in prison, 30 years for each murder. The defense team tried to argue that the sentences should run concurrently, but the judge rejected this request in order to keep her in jail pretty much. After Benita was sentenced, the Washington, D.C. saw roughly a 400% increase in active social service clients. And at the same time, the social service agency lost about a quarter of its social Workers, including six who were fired for failing to address complaints about the Jacks family, oh, so that's a lot interesting. of a lot of negligence going on here. And the city published a formal report citing lack of follow through and overall coordination as the main reason the Jacks girls were allowed to die such horrible deaths. Well, Benita's can I just fa- fa- jump in really yeah, quickly
1: here? Because. Please. You know, we, there is reports that Kathleen who Lopez, who was the main social worker for this case, I mean, she would show up and wouldn't be allowed into the home. I mean, what really else can you possibly do? You know, everything was contained within the house. I mean, I'm trying to think It of might what... have
0: been of lack of reports, though. If she only reports that once, is that really showing anything uh, okay. again? Par- you know, like, yeah, there needs no, to that's... be follow-up there. needs to be clear-cut kind of checking in. Protocol. I don't know. Yeah. But there could have been a lot more than just that one time of being like, well, I wasn't allowed in the home. Because well, like, true, yeah. Also, as a parent, I could see being like, no, you're going to fuck my shit up. I don't want you in my home. I'm not doing anything right. wrong. So it, there's a lot of nuance here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Benita's family was supposed to receive monthly welfare visits as part of their housing placement, but uh, they were never any there was never any follow up from the state. That well, could have obviously led to it. Exactly. Furthermore, education social workers were unable to follow up when the girls were pulled from school. And in the two years after Benita's sentencing, the social service program hired an onslaught of new social workers, which meant fewer cases would be assigned to each worker. Well, I was
1: just gonna this, say that has to be a resources thing, even for the school system. I mean, You
0: know, even now it's a resources thing. I mean,
1: this
0: this allowed the department to reduce their massive backlog of cases, though, from roughly seventeen hundred to fewer than twenty. So at least shit was getting done, Um, considering the fact there's new social workers. I mean, you need people to kind of have the time and the ability to look at these cases, not just to try and get them done. So although it's obviously far too late to help Benita's children here, the mistakes made with her case did a tremendous amount to spur the state to clean up their social service programs And hopefully, hopefully save even more children in the future.
1: And I will say, you know, being from Maryland, I have several friends who have master's degrees in social work and are social workers. And, you know, I hear about this from time to time. They are very professional. I hear about some of their cases just being in true crime, both on the show and in my job, my my normal job. Like, you know, they'll come to me and be like, you'll never believe this case from years ago. You know, they're never revealing anything that's current. but. You know, and by the way, shout out to social workers because you guys have quite quite a job on your hands out there. Because yeah. it's not just um, you know, the welfare of children, it's it's domestic disputes. I mean, you name it and they're handling it one way or another. But yeah, it's such a tragic story. I mean, I, I like that this story at the very least made a difference in the way that this process works, especially here in Maryland where I'm from. You know, if there's ever a silver lining to to prevent right, something like that. this from happening, yeah, that's the way to go.
0: I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, even though we can't look back and maybe help anybody with this case, to think that it could really— Yeah. A lot of laws are started because something terrible happened. You yeah. know, Adams' law, for example, like, a lot of these laws happen when— are spawned and spurred by other terrible things happening. So hopefully we can get a little upside in this and, um, yeah. you know, obviously let us know what you guys think, especially any parents out there, what yeah. they think about it and, and, and just sort of the nuance with it, obviously at Carpi Darren at Jay Thrasher. we want to know, we want to hear from you.
1: And I just want to add one last thing that just popped into my head. You know, you can do all you can do as social workers. You can check in, you can do that, but, but the core of not just this show, but so many other episodes that we've done, is the mental health aspect? Yes. You know, I, our social workers. I don't know that they're not already doing this, but I'm just saying. And and we as public citizens should should be more aware of like the signs and symptoms of of serious uh, mental health problems. I mean, you hear the neighbors all through this episode today, like you know, noticing things aren't really looking right, or noticing that the furniture's in the backyard and. They're starting to look different and the kids aren't showing up for school. I mean, those on their face are individually, you know, big question marks. But when you put them all together, it really does paint a picture of of a very serious problem that's happening here. But, you know, like I said, at least there is some kind of silver lining, Darren, on this week's episode with the changes that that happened. Um, And yeah, like Darren said, let us know what you guys think. Let's get right into listener shout outs.
0: Let's do it.
1: Darren, a listener in our Facebook group was looking out for me recently. She Uh-oh. says, quote, John, um, have you ever tried Rattlers? I don't like beer either. My first time trying it years ago made my stomach upset Radlers are different, flavored beer, and they're delicious. There's also ciders, which are kind of like a beer, but way more delicious. (laughs) Thank you for explaining ciders. Um, You should give those a shot, wink face, um, end quote. So I have not even heard of Radlers. Have you heard of Radlers,
0: Darren? No, no. (laughs) It doesn't sound up my alley, but it sounds right up your alley.
1: Yeah. And by the way, that was the listener, Jen, in our Facebook group. So Jen, thank you for giving me this um, recommendation. I have a friend of mine who's a listener of the show who brought me the Bailey's Apple Pie. By the way, it's almost Apple Pie Bailey season, so get ready for that. Oh, God. Um, And she might be able to hook me up with Rattler, so I'm going to look into it. I'm not going to... I don't want to get too into flavored beer, though. You know, I don't want to get too Mm. excited about flavored beer. I don't want to get...
0: Well, you never know. I like sour... It's an acquired taste. Um, Yeah, true. Thrasher needs to give a Rattler a try. (laughs) Well, John, yes. Ms. Rose on Facebook tried Cheez-It poofed, and didn't love them. What? Saying, hold on, saying, what? finally trying these. And sadly, I'm not impressed. Cheez-Its are my favorite <laughs> snack too. It's still good, but I thought I'd be in the same boat as John Thrasher as I normally am. I'm glad I tried them though. And, what? you know, a few other people chimed in in the comments as well, okay. saying they didn't like them either. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This might be the wrong opinion to have. Uh-huh. Um, I have yet to try the poofs and in comparison to cheese it it's going to be a it's a really high bar.
1: Listen, here's the thing. First of all, I think you just this is the wrong opinion. You you this is not no, this is this is inappropriate. This is like
0: thinking Starbucks is the best coffee. This is exactly when we is.
1: know that it's Java House. You know, when what we I mean? know.
0: Right. When we know that it's Java House, we just know that it's not Starbucks.
1: And we right. know that's not Starbucks. Listen, here's the thing. How can you say let me just ask Miss Rose this. We should find Miss Rose. I want to call you and have you on the show. How can you say that Cheez-Its are your favorite snack? But then you don't like Cheez-It Poof-It-Is.
0: Poof-It-Is. Maybe it's because you can't pronounce what Poof-It-Is is. Maybe that's it. And by the way, I
1: was shocked so many people were like, No, yeah, I tried it, disgusting. I'm like, guys, like, what are you talking about? This just
0: goes to show that I have better opinions than
1: you. All right. Fair enough.
0: Well you know what opinion you know what opinion we can both agree on? What's that? Hoodie season is here, my friend. <gasps> it's if you chilly look,
1: tonight, by the it way. It is chilly. Ooh. If you want to look
0: super sexy and super comfy, then you need to get your Shaken and Disturb merch now. We modeled our merch over in our Facebook group. So right. you should run over there and see how cute we look in it. Check out our show <laughs> notes for the link and make sure you're feeling cozy this fall while listening to the show. Also, if you guys ever needed a reason to join our Patreon, listen, it's not for the it's not for the bonus episodes. It's not even for access to merch. It's to see the picture of John getting attacked by birds. (laughs) It's worth it. I'm not wearing my
1: shaken and disturbed shirt, though.
0: He's not, but he's definitely shaken, and he's definitely disturbed. So it's literally Mm -hmm. art imitating life, imitating Mm -hmm. art. That's Mm -hmm. all I'll say. Mm -hmm. That's that's a great way
1: to put it. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. We love our shaken and disturbed merch, by the way. You guys really should check it out. You know, It supports the show, yes, but truly, like, You'll see in the picture if you're if you're in the Facebook group. It's really fun. Um, by the way, speaking of Patreon, now is a great time to sign up for it because we are planning some really fun perks for you guys this October, including Spooky. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That's right. By the way, I'm gonna be isolating that and making it a uh. new sound effect. Spooky. <laughs> And uh, including our, I don't know if we're going to make this an annual thing, our second annual Halloween live stream. Darren, did we just do? We just,
0: we did it. I dressed up as a mouse. We just did this. We just that did
1: this. Wasn't I the Scarlet Witch? Wasn't that? Yeah, one I and I,
0: I'm pretty confident it was like three months ago, and all of a sudden it's been eleven months. That but is okay, insane. We digress. Actually.
1: That is insane. If I'm gonna look up if that was, yeah, that had to have been our Halloween. Anyway, no, um, it was.
0: Had to have been. What else would it have been?
1: It's just Pride? crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> No, we did do a Pride pride live stream for our Patreon. We did. But anyway, anyway, sign up now so you don't miss the details. You can get bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes photos and videos, first dibs on our merch, and so much more for as little as $5 a month. And you can get it even cheaper if you sign up annually. All of your support at Patreon helps keep our show going. So really, truly thank you if you've already um, subscribed. By the way, Darren, they can also do what you love them to do to help support the show, which is rate, review, and
0: subscribe. I love when they do that. It just goes a long way to help our show, of course. Yeah. And uh, before we thank Taxidermy Tina, I just want to tell everyone to hear our special NMR with Megan as a co host on Patreon, by That's the way. Right. She overtook uh, Daddy Cat's roles she here did. as I was away vacationing. So Taxidermy Tina really pulled through. And I want to specifically thank her for filling in and yeah. for being such a, a generous co host. But uh, we, of course, have to thank her for the research on this episode. So, uh, one, two, three.
1: Thank you, Megan. Megan. Let me and say of this. Course, yeah, go ahead. If you don't have was Patreon, she than me? She well, she was better. was better than you. I think your okay. your head is on the chopping block at the very oh. least. Yeah, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I call. I make all the calls around here. Um that I know. We that did I talk know. about a little bit of martinis and murder. That might be a little interesting for you oh. guys. So oh. check it out if you're if you're listening. If you're interested. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> alright thank you guys so much we're back in business we're giving you hours of content Darren enjoy your time settling back into New York City I love you
0: I love you so much thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week bye Bye.